It's truly the beginning of March. Also, hey, PSA. I know this is the very beginning of the podcast, but hey, tomorrow, put your clocks forward if you're in America. Oh, Don't forget to do that, or you'll just be completely discombobulated. Even though Daily Saving Time is the worst f***ing construct that this... I mean, it's not the worst thing that this country has ever done. That's, no. <laughs> that's completely wrong. But it's super dumb, and we don't really need it anymore. No. Ban it. Um, what am I going to do? What do you mean, what are you going to do? Because I am short and cannot reach one of my clocks in order to change the time. Well, I believe this is the time when you, you call one of your tall friends, as this is usually how it happens, and like, hey, I need my clock changed again. <laughs> I would feel really terrible just calling one of my tall friends and be like, hey, can, can you come change my clock and then go home? Thank you. Bye. <laughs> or you do the things that I sometimes do where I'm too lazy to change the clock in my car and just leave it <laughs> oh, for no, six that, months. That would give me panic. <laughs> but I mean, that is a good PSA because I didn't know that that was coming up. So I appreciate it. I forgot that because some, for some reason I clicked on the, the computer calendar. It's like, hey, daylight savings time. You're going to lose an hour because life is terrible and everything sucks that's true but you know what doesn't suck this podcast because ah. it never does nope we're the hello best. it's true we are the we're the best the number one podcast in all of podcast professionalism you're the best around nothing, nothing that was gonna keep down hello welcome to the Season Language Checkup OVA. This is episode 65. Oh boy. I'm Jared, joined as always by the number one rated podcast co host, <laughs> according to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com. That's Anladium. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and we're going to talk to you about some games here on this podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga, because mostly we were like. I, ideas for a podcast what are those yeah we were on the struggle bus today but we, we figured out some stuff and it should be a fun 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 old jovial ride it was mainly because like our backup list either you haven't completed things or we didn't have time to research them thoroughly enough that we felt like it would be a good podcast so we're just right. like all right well new plan and we're also just kind of just in this weird lull period in terms of, like, stuff being released. Yep. To where it's not like we're, we're both playing the same thing or, like, getting ready to do that or something of that nature. So it's a little bit strange. Compared to, like, last year where it was just like, bam, 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 bam. Well, as we said last week, last year was the release of the Switch. So last and- year I was... Well, I'd already beat Breath of the Wild. But still, I was Breath of the Wild obsessed. I mean, you would have beat it in three days. Well, by the time we were recording this, you wouldn't have beat it. I beat it really quick. Are you sure? It was within a week. I don't think it was this quick. As, as I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, like, there are certain games I could do that, but I don't think it was Breath of the Wild. Because yeah. I was like, hey, I want to climb all the mountains. And, I, and last year as well was just like an anomaly in terms of just like things kept coming out and there was just like yeah. no break. <laughs> But we certainly have that, but we're going to talk about a game that just recently came out in terms of a remake, and one that will be coming out next month, 
because it got delayed for literally, I don't know, I couldn't tell you the reason because it doesn't make sense. But you got like a secret sneak preview. This Technically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to some goof ups. Uh, we're going to talk about the Secret of Mana HD remake re-release thing. Yeah. And also, we're going to talk about Yakuza 6. The Song of Life. That's the subtitle. There's no singing of life, but you can do karaoke, so I mean, and there's life in the game, so there you go. There's your connection. I was thinking, like, the Yakuza character is singing the sound of music. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer because the, uh, the Japanese subtitle is Poetry of Life, which I think is a little bit better. Oh, yeah, I think that's better. And ties into, like, one of the things that you, you, you see in the the small town that you go to. Like, there's all these, like, poetry stones. Oh. So you could stop there and, like, you and Kiryu reads a bit of poetry. And he's like, oh, yeah, this, this, this is what this means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, poetry. It exists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's what we're going to do today. And I'm going to start things off here. Because, like you said, I got a little bit of a, a, a taste of Yakuza 6 since the weird thing was the demo came out. I'm sure like everyone kind of knows this by now, but uh, Sega released a demo, I think last week, and whoops, they kind of released the full game if you, di if you did something within the demo. I think it was like, if like one of the first things you do is go to the arcade and play Virtual Fighter 5, or like go to the arcade in general... It somehow triggered something within the game to unlock the entire, the full game. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a strange thing to happen, but that was a thing that, that totally did happen. And at least from the, the brief bits that I saw, I only got through, like, I think, the to chapter four before I got locked out. But I don't understand why they delayed the game. Nothing in that seemed like it needed to be fixed or anything so but of course i didn't play through the entire thing so i can't really say for certain but it does make that delay seem a little bit suspect yeah i mean that's what it sounded like to me is that listening to you talk that it played fine didn't really yeah. have any game breaking errors like another game that we're going to talk about on this podcast nope didn't get any crashes or anything because it was supposed to come out on the 20th of this month of march but now it's been pushed back to april 17th which is also i think coincidentally the same day as like god of war so like I don't know why you would push it to, like, that date. Ugh. But anyways. Um, Subject for a different time. Yeah, yeah. I really, really hate God of War. Yakuza 6. Uh, you can play Virtual Fighter 5 in it. Virtual Fighter 5 is still a very good game. Oh, yeah. I love that series. You can play Puyo Puyo in it. And it's the, it's the version of Puyo Puyo from Puyo Puyo Tetris. Whoa, that's neat. And then they also brought back a bunch of like the uh, the old arcade games that they had from like Yakuza Zero, so you can play uh, Outrun, Super Hang On, Space Harrier, and Fantasy Zone. Space Harrier. Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Yep. So like all those are in there, and then there's like all just a bunch of like other mini games you can go do. Like there's still like bowling. You can I think you can go play like mahjong. Uh, karaoke's still in there. And there's probably some other stuff that I just never got to within the demo. I know, like, one of the big, big, I guess, side missions is that, like, you're creating your own clan. 
within the game so like you go out and like recruit people go into get in fights and then bring them into your clan and then that's like an entirely separate story which it's weird because the i think the premise of that story is that like there's this new gang in Camarocho, which is where the yakuza most of the yakuza games take place it's a um it's a fictional version of like an actual real life place in shibuya or shinjuku I could find where this says on here but either way it's like it's like the red light district of that subset of Tokyo basically and I completely forgot where I was going with that point (laughs) (laughs) oh right so there's this new gang in Kamurocho basically and they're called Justice I think it's like spelled (laughs) J-U-S-T-I-S-S So it's really weird spelling. And it's like there's there's one like original character for the game that you see, but the other like main characters of this gang are all people from New Japan Pro Wrestling. That they actually like scanned into the game and like had them voice their own characters and all that stuff. So you have like uh Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tenzan, Kazuchika Okada, Satoshi Kojima, Tetsuya Naito, and Toriyano, which are all like big prominent names in the company. So it's real weird to see like one of the first cutscenes you get, like, of that kind of storyline is Kazuchika Okada, who's, like, basically considered one of, like, the the actually best professional wrestlers out there today. And, like, you just see him, like, sizing up Kiryu in, like, this weird, like, way. It's, like, super, super surreal because, like, this, this should not make sense in any sort of way. <laughs> but that's one of, the, like, the weird, goofy things in this. Also, if you pay attention during the opening credits... Uh, you'll see the name Beat Takeshi is in this game. <laughs> yeah, you sent me a screenshot, and I was like, w- uh, wow, Yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean, it's great, and I mean, it looks just like mm-hmm. him. So I'm, I'm really impressed by that. Yeah, the engine, they, they switched to a new engine for this game specifically, and everything just looks fantastic. But it was one of those things where I was like, I know the name Beat Takeshi, but I don't remember what from besides uh, Takeshi's Challenge. That mm-hmm. weird Famicom game. And then I saw him and was like, it's the dude from Battle Royale. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Except he looks way younger now. <laughs> so that was fun. And he just like, he just literally, you introduced, the, the way they introduced him to you is like, he is the patriarch of this like Yakuza family. And he just got out of the hospital and he's just chilling in his room eating a parfait. <laughs> Which again, seems so much like him because. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how much you know about him, but he's actually a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did know that. So, like, the fact that he was one in Battle Royale was amazing. Um, but two, like, the fact that he's just eating a parfait and he's, like, the leader of this Yakuza clan is just, like, you know what? That makes total sense. Like, you text me that. I'm like, yeah, okay. Fair. <laughs> And then you told me, you're like, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Beat until I, I get the game next month. And I was like, he's just going to be sitting there eating his yep. parfait. He's just going to be sitting there chilling. Like, in Battle Royale, he got shot and just decided to eat cookies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, those are a couple of fun things that this game has. Uh, I mean, there's really not a lot of, like, story that I can kind of divulge into. Mostly just because, like... Spoilers, but not really because of spoilers, because I didn't get that that far enough in to like really to get there. Um, the opening of this game is very long, 
and very like it's a big info dump like they literally go through the end of the of yakuza 5 like they they literally play those cutscenes because you oh, can wow. tell that it's like oh these this is the ps3 graphics and everything <laughs> so if you haven't played yakuza 5 yet like there's your spoiler warning that hey maybe you should go play that before you go pick up this that's like that's a fun game you should probably do that anyways but it does go through like all the events of that so you get the lead up of like okay here's what happened after yakuza 5 and all of that and it's it's decently long like you're probably going to be sitting there for maybe like an hour or so before like you actually get into like the opening bits of that game it's a lot of like exposition and and infinitum because like you have there is a there's a gap of i think like three years between the end of yakuza 5 kind of where like the game picks up and then where the game actually like lets you play the game per se so there's a lot there's there's a bit of stuff that's happened and they had they have to go over that at the very beginning but once you get into like the the game itself like it it plays pretty much the same as the other ones um like i said there's a new engine so like you can interact with like a lot of just stuff on the environment like you can go run into all the bikes if you want to and knock them all down because you're just a monster (laughs) (laughs) and it makes like the uh the fights that you get into just randomly in like the the towns or cities that you're in a little bit more free-flowing because before they would like lock you into like a a little set area when you'd get into one of those random battles but now you can kind of just go wherever like you could probably like run away from one of those battles uh you can kind of just run around find or find weapons and pick them up and you're just not restricted to anything like you could you can throw someone through a glass window of a of a of a business if you wanted to did you do that I accidentally broke a window of a business and then went into like, be like, hey, sorry, can I buy something? And they're like, no, please go away. We do not want to have your business. <laughs> I love that you go in like, man, sorry, I didn't mean to break your window. I'll pay for it. <laughs> they wanted nothing to do with me. Yeah, I mean, fair. <laughs> there is there some like interesting, at least new mechanics. Like there's a hunger meter. I think like you have to like basically eat to gain a little bit like you eat and then like if you have stuff in your in your stomach like you'll you'll gain like more experience when you do fights and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I need a hunger meter. <laughs> you can go into all the restaurants and buy whatever food you want. Like there is there is this like fast food place and I bought some chicken strips and it's like, "Oh man, those chicken strips look good." Yeah, you see pictures of the menu and like stuff was surprisingly affordable and looked fantastic. You can go up to vending machines and literally it, it like you go to the vending machine and then it takes you like right to the screen so like you cycle through like all the options in the vending machine and then once you once it comes out you have to like hold a button to like drink it and you just like walk around with like the drink in your hand until you finish it <laughs> it's real good but basically you kind of like spend like i think the first chapter in Kamurocho like there's enough time to do a couple of side stories there that are they're they're pretty interesting like one there's literally one where you're introduced to one of like the side things in the game is basically you go on to chat rooms and chat with cam girls. Oh my god. So that's an interesting thing. <laughs> like how how it, is that mechanic? Uh it's basically it's a, like a it's a mini game where you have to like it's almost like a mini rhythm game where you press buttons in conjunction of like typing. Okay. I don't know. It was like, <laughs> and one of them is like, you just type out boobs. <laughs> that was what I was gonna ask. Is like, how gross is it? 
I mean, but answering the fact that one of the answers is boobs is is a good answer for me. I don't think there's nudity, so. No, that's not what I meant. But yeah, yeah, it's y- yeah, because it, like it, it's that. It's not like it's super super like, skeevy, but it's skeevy. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the old like 4chan joke of like sir GTFO. But yeah. Like yeah. But it is kind of funny because Kiryu doesn't know how to type, so he just finger pecks everything. <laughs> oh my god. It's real good. Well, I mean, he is like It's like he's a 48-year-old man who's okay, been in, like Okay, he's near 50, right? He's been in the Yakuza or like been associated with the Yakuza for a long time. He doesn't he doesn't have time to deal with technology. <laughs> Well, I mean, not to, not to like, not my mom or anything, but, like, my mom doesn't type very yeah. well. well. Um, and she's, <laughs> and she's, like, 56, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's It fair. makes sense, because, like, we always have had computers, but. They haven't. Uh, they haven't, and, like, typewriters weren't everywhere. There's also a side quest where I had to, where I got a like a, a helper on my smartphone, like a Siri thing, and it yeah, hated Siri, <laughs> and it, it also Siri. it would not let me delete it because it thought I was gonna kill it. Oh. <laughs> and like the end of that side quest is like the the person who gave me the the app, I mean like, yo, we gotta delete this off of every phone. This is bad. <laughs> it's gonna gain sentience. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, you stay in Kamarajo for like a tiny, tiny bit. Like, you do some. You meet the the Yakuza at one point. They're sketchy because there's like this young kid who's like being real sketch. But then eventually you leave because you find out that like uh, one of the other main characters throughout the game, Haruka, who is basically kind of like your adopted daughter, even though like it's not necessarily adoption, but she kind of just like is found by Kiryu and he kind of just raises her here and there as well. All the while, like he owns an orphanage. And that's like another place you go into in the beginning. But she gets hit by a car, and he's trying to figure out like what happened because she's been gone for like three years, doing something, and we don't know exactly what that is. And the other like big re- revelation is that like oh she had this kid with her, and why does she have this kid? Where has she been? Who's the kid's dad? We don't know. And then Kiryu steals the kid. So was the kid with her when she got hit by the yes. car, or is this just like they make they specifically make make mention that like she protects the kid when she gets hit? Okay, and that's why she's in a coma. So does he like go to the scene of the accident and yeah. just retrieve baby? Uh, he goes to the scene of the accident because like someone he knows tells him about it and like kind of goes over like the scene, and then he goes to the hospital and that's where he like he sees the kid essentially, mm-hmm. and then basically he goes back to the hospital and then like that's where you meet like this the child protective service dude who's just like i'm just gonna put that kid in an orphanage because she's in a coma and no one she has no other re- living relatives so f- you and then curious like well gotta steal this kid then <laughs> but didn't you say he owns an orphanage yeah couldn't he just put the kid in his orphanage all the kid, the, the kids they're they're just kids at, at his orphanage like they're just teenagers there so i don't think they'd be well equipped to take care of a baby oh okay yeah that makes more sense. So it's like Yakuza with a heart of gold. That's basically the series. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also like stealing babies is probably not the best idea, but. 
one of the, one of the other characters that he's with, uh, Akiyama, is basically like, "You shouldn't steal this kid. This is a bad idea." And he's just like, "Look, I know, but I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> you can't stop me." And they get into yeah. a fight in like the the like the children's like room that the kids in. <laughs> it's like uh, the whole joke with cats that like they want to knock something off, and you're like, "Don't do that." And yeah. Like, what if I do anyway? <laughs> That's him with stealing babies. I guess I shouldn't make that plural. He only steals one baby. He only stole one his, baby. There to his a, credit. <laughs> there was a funny thing like later on where like uh, someone asked him like, did you steal this baby? And they're like, no, he wouldn't have done that. And he's like, well, I can't really say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on whether or not this baby was actually stolen. Uh, but but that, yes, it was stolen. But after that, they find out like, they were able to recover like a photo from Haruka's phone and they were able to like trace it to like, she was in this like small town in Hiroshima. So that's where the game takes you next is like you go to Hiroshima and that's, you're basically trying to find out, okay, why was she here? Is the baby daddy here? Just trying to find just some information because she's kind of indisposed of at the moment. And that's, that's kind of where I was for like the, the next couple of chapters where you get, you kind of, you go there, get into a little bit of trouble with the like the Yakuza family that lives there, which is funny because uh before you leave, like the there's a friend of yours that's a detective and he's like Look, there's just like separate Yakuza clan that's in Hiroshima that like doesn't mess with the other two clans that are very prevalent throughout the series. And there's a reason why people don't go there, because they're like neutral and we don't want to like spark this huge giant thing. And he gets, like, this huge speech, and then the first thing he does when he gets there is he goes into this bar and then gets into a fight with one of those Yakuza members. Of course. So that happens, and then, like, there's this whole thing of, like, this the guy who you get into a fight with just keeps, just, like, goading you into fights and every, every everything. And then eventually he's just like, okay, now you're just my big brother. <laughs> I respect you. So, I have, I have a historian question. Okay. Can you... One, can you, like, explore Hiroshima? Uh, just that small town you're in. Okay, I was wondering, like, can you see, like, the the nuclear uh, piece memorial? You're just, you're just contained to that little town. That's a bummer, because that place is really interesting. But, like, kind of going off that, like, though, they really make that feel like a small town. Like, a small Japanese town, specifically. Yeah. Like, it seems, like, it's everything's kind of tight-knit. Everyone's very, like, communal in it there's not a lot of, like there's no big chain stores everything is all local in terms of like restaurants or just like pharmacies or general stores and and that sort of thing and it it really changes the whole dynamic of like how you look at that game because the first city you're in is just basically like it's bustling tokyo so like there's you know chain convenience stores chain fast food restaurants there's club segas everywhere and then you get it's to huge. your yeah, and then you get to Hiroshima, and it's like, there's none of that, and it's just like, it's very rural, and you really you really get to feel that and understand, like, what exactly a, a rural Japanese town is, and, like, hearing people be like, yeah, this town's not doing well, like, we're, we're kind of on the outs, we were this big, we were this fishing town at one point, but now that's, that's going up, a lot of the businesses are closing down, all that sort of stuff, so you get, like, this, you get this anxiety of, like, they don't like outsiders, and they mm-hmm. are especially anxious of like, oh man, things are not going well for this town. 
So like they're I think that's like some of like this the interesting things that they're able to 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 to, to put into this game, even with like the few chapters I played of it, you get that sense of it. Um as a side note that has nothing to do with this game at all. Um actually tangent, but um did you know that Sue Metal of Baby Metal is from Hiroshima? I did not. She is. That she is her hometown. Right? She should have. <laughs> that is her hometown. That should have been a side quest. Hey, uh, hello, I'm here. <laughs> Hi, it's Sue Metal. Cool. <laughs> what up, Sue Metal? Fun fact of the day. There's apparently some like real goofy stuff that you can get into in, in the Hiroshima part. Like One of them, I think, is like you get a job as the town mascot. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to wear the town mascot suit and oh all that God. sort of stuff. There's there's a lot of like interesting things, and I'm just, I'm I'm very interested to see where that that story goes because the first four chapters seem real interesting. And you get to run around with the baby at some points. There's one point where you have to calm the baby because it's upset, and you're like, oh God, I need to find formula. Everything's closed because it's a rural town, and they close at like 5 p.m. Ah. <laughs> Which um, led to some funny conversation <laughs> with the two of us because you're like, I have to find something to feed this baby. And, and I was like, well, what do you feed the baby? Feed it potatoes. <laughs> and then like, don't feed the baby potatoes. Yeah, mashed potatoes. You feed babies that. And then there was some other conversation and it basically led to me saying that like, I'm glad that you found a solution because my next solution was to just get rid of the baby. <laughs> Throw it in the ocean. <laughs> Throw it in the ocean. The solution because... was the baby wasn't hungry. He just wanted to sleep. Are you serious? Yep. Curious is like, <laughs> why did I do all this? Just so I went to sleep. Ah. Oh. That's that would be really irritating. Yep. Yeah, that's the problem with babies is they can't tell you what's wrong with them. It's true. The baby met beat Takeshi at one point because I went with I took the baby to the the yakuza office. Oh my god! <laughs> and the baby like went over to beat Takeshi and was like, "Hello," <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, okay, hey, it's a baby." <laughs> How old is this baby? Like a year. Maybe okay. like around a year or something like that. Okay. Even though this Wikipedia page says it's a newborn, but I don't think it's a newborn. It didn't look like a newborn based on like the pictures that you were sending me. Yeah. But I also have like negative 10,000 knowledge <laughs> on babies. Like I told you to throw it in the ocean. So I would say it's probably like six months to a year. Okay. That would be my guess. Can it hold its head up? Yes. I think that means that it's older. Because newborn babies can't hold their own yeah. head weight. You have to like support their necks or else they snap. I do know that. The kid was able to crawl. Okay, yeah. Then they're at least six months to yeah. a year. Also, everyone just dunks on Kiryu and says he's old. Even though he's like 48 and he doesn't, he doesn't look that old. But they're like, look at this grandpa. God. I mean, to be fair, I'm pretty sure that my students think that I'm like a grandma because, like, I am 30 and throw down weird references that they don't understand. I mean, that that part is probably the the main the main case. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I throw down references from stuff that was around before even I was born. So true. It's not necessarily my age; it's more my interests. 
like Peter Cetera. <laughs> Uh, one of the interesting things that I found before I got locked out was that there is a side quest that is basically, they literally reference it, it is, it is basically the anime film The Girl Who Left Through Time. And they they literally also call it The Girl Who Left Through Time? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I, I don't know the politics of how that came about, but that's interesting. That is. It's a huh. strange thing. But yeah, like I didn't get into a lot of like the the actual the game because I only got like what four chapters in I think I said, and there's probably if Yakuza Zero is to indicate any indicator, it's probably going to be at least fifteen to twenty maybe that would make sense. So like I didn't get into like the clan creator stuff. I didn't get into like any of that. Basically, got like a good a good sip of the story. Uh, the glass full story. Update your your system. Yep, and then Sega's like locked. I can't believe you're connected to the internet. Yeah, I would have left that off. I had I I had to do stuff on the internet, so it was one of the things. I was I mean I was like I figured like I knew what that was gonna happen anyway, so I was like you know, it is what it is. Yeah. But I am excited to play that game when it comes out, so that's something. So that's your Yakuza update. The Yakuza update. Yakuza preview. <laughs> Yakuza six seems pretty dang good. I mean, as somebody who's literally never played the series and just knows, like, stuff from you, uh, for one, it looks fantastic. Yes. Like, it looks so good. And two, like, I, I think the humor in it is really funny. Um, it, there's, It's very, like, it takes itself seriously, but there's all, but it also doesn't. Like, yeah. When, like, the main story beats, it's very serious. Other stuff, it can go just completely bonkers. I mean, two men fighting on whether or not you should steal a baby in, like, the baby room is funny. Regardless of if it's meant to be serious, that's funny. Fighting three other dudes on a baseball field just because? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's very good. Also, like, just, like, those, those the fight choreography and that thing is, and those games are very good. Well, didn't you say they do some mocap? Uh... Probably. Well, because like you said that they scanned some people in, so I'm assuming they did some mocap at least. Yeah, that would make sense because I think like the wrestlers have like their their finishing moves in the game, so it would make sense if they did mocap for that, and also just for like the fighting stuff in general. Yeah, I, I would think that they at least did some of it, which might explain why it looks good. But yeah, um, I don't know for sure because I know nothing about this series. <laughs> so yeah, like that's. If you're at all interested in this in this series, like obviously going in in the sixth version of the series is a little weird, and you're gonna be kind of lost. They do have like a good little like primer, I think. Like right, like you can access this from the main menu of like, here's what happened in Yakuza one through five, and you can go through game by game, and it'll give you like the story synopsis of all those games. But what about zero? It actually doesn't have zero, which is the strange thing. Ah. <laughs> huh. I mean, you should play zero as well because zero's fantastic. But if you, I mean, I guess if you, hey, you played zero and you're like, man, I want a new Yakuza game. Six is here soon. But like I said, it's a little weird to go from a prequel to then skipping the other five games and then going to six. But that's just yeah. the strangeness of the series sometimes. But six seems real good. I'm real excited to see where else they go with it and like the story specifically just to see what kind of wacky shenanigans happen. 
and all that jazz. Especially because you know this is the the team the team that's making this like the next one of the next games they're working on is literally, hey, it's the Yakuza team, but we're making a Fist of the North Star game. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. If that's any indication. <laughs> And like all, like will always be said, hey, the Yakuza games are what would have happened if Shenmue was good. Oh, sick burn. Also, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen the creative director of the Yakuza series, but he, he looks like the person who would make these games. I have not seen him, but now I want to. Def- it, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I'll, I'll look at it when we, when we get off the pod. So yeah, that was your Yakuza 6 preview update doohickey thingamajig. Yay! So I guess Secret of Mana? Let's talk about that Secret of Mana remake. Which should be said, throughout the game they say mana. Oh, can I cut I you cannot. off for a second? Because I just, I just read this. Uh, like we were talking about, the dude who made the Yakuza games, yo, he made Daytona USA. Did he really? Yep. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, you can continue now. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. Oh. They pronounce it mana, and yes. I can't say I cannot say it as mana, so I will continuously call it Secret of Mana because that is how I've always said it, and that's how I'm going to continue to say it. Secret of Mana. So um if you do not know, in which case, where have you been? But this game came out in the States in 1993 originally. And so it was a Super Nintendo game. And it was really innovative at the time because it had like two AI party members. And um, it was done by Square Enix or Square at that point. And it was supposed to be kind of like a hybrid RPG. It was supposed to be more of like a active style combat, which it was. And um, there was a lot of connections between this and Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of the characters like some look the same ish. Um, Prem is your your main hint at that. Um, so I played this game when I was a kid a lot, and I loved it when I was a kid. I never actually beat it when I was a kid. I will say that. Um. But I mean, I was, I don't know how old I was in 93, I, math. <laughs> I was, I was a small child, probably around like four, five, somewhere like that. I don't remember. But anyway, I played this game and I enjoyed it. And it also had, um, multiplayer, which was crazy for a Super Nintendo game. Like it, it multiplayer RPG, essentially. So when I found out, that they were remaking it in HD with like new sprites and or new models, whatever you want to call them. I was real stoked, like real, real stoked. And if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know how much I hate Square Enix at this point. <laughs> this does not help. <laughs> um, so it came out around Valentine's Day. So let me check. February 15th of this year. And it was... Um, PC, PS4, and Vita. And 
one of the things that was irritating to me is that the only physical version of it was at GameStop. Yeah. So that was a tragedy. And um, so I played it, and I beat it. It wasn't bad. And they did some things that I felt like were a real improvement, and then they did some things that are questionable. Um, I guess I'll start with the good, and that I felt like the models looked really nice. Um, the the thing that's weird about that is that their mouths, their their mouths don't move when they speak, but they kind of keep like the cartoony look to them. You can see more of the details of the character design, which is elaborate. If you look at the original character design, it was elaborate, and they couldn't really show that on the Super Nintendo. So you get more of like who these characters are, mm-hmm. and the worlds are really immersive and fun. Uh, and one of the things that I loved is that you have the map and then the mini map is like the Super Nintendo game. Like you can see what it looked like on the Super Nintendo in the mini map. And that was really clever. Um, they also remixed the entire soundtrack, which you can switch between the original tracks and the remix tracks at any time in the menu, which again is smart, but uh, I saw on reviews a lot of people didn't like the new soundtrack. I don't exactly know why. Like, it, it was fine. I didn't really have... I think there was one that I had an issue with because it was kind of like dubstepy for no reason. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm in a castle and this sounds like dubstep. Like, I can hear the, the drop and the whoop whoop, so... Whoop whoop. Go figure. Um, and certain things, like, don't always translate well. Um, is one of the character models from Super Nintendo was that the store clerks, whenever you go into a, a, a store to like buy armor or items or whatever, they danced. They're always dancing. I love to dance. And that, well, it looks really weird on a new model. <laughs> so you just have like this like 3D model like dancing around while you're buying things. So that was odd. And um, I think one of the best improvements that this game got, besides, like, aesthetics, is that anytime you stay in an inn now, you get, like, little short skit cutscenes with the three main characters. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of get to know more of, like, how they get along, what they think of each other, like, what, what they think about the plot points. And you didn't have that in the Super Nintendo And I think that was a really neat addition because you do kind of get some ideas of like tensions between characters. Um, You get the idea that uh, I have a hard time calling them by their names. Um, In the Super Nintendo, they were just like boy, girl, and Sprite. But their actual names, and they've always had real names. They just weren't official. Uh, Randy, Prim, and Papoy. And so Papoy is always knocking on Prim, making fun of her, like calling her a witch and saying that like it's a good thing that she has like healing magic because if she had any kind of magic that could attack, she'd attack everybody. And so they're always kind of like riffing on her and it's got great facial expressions whenever these skits are happening. I love that. 
I think that's one of the greatest things that they did. It also is fully voiced. Every single line in the entire game is voiced. There's no text boxes anyway. I mean, there's text boxes, but like, there's no just like text box randomly. It's every single thing is voiced. It's a lot of voice work. It is, which is interesting because we looked it up and for the most part, it's like baby voice actors. Like they haven't really done much. They don't have many credits. Right. Some of them, I think I checked two, this was their very first credit. And one of them was Popoy's voice actress. And I thought that was, she did a good job. I was impressed. So I'll have to keep an eye on her. Um, another change that they made that I felt like was interesting and very, very good is that one of the points in the original Secret of Mana is that you don't know the gender of the sprite. Like, the gender is always supposed to be ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And they question repeatedly, like, are you a boy or are you a girl? And it's always just kind of brushed off. And so one of the changes to this version is that Sprite is always given they, them pronouns. Which is kind of progressive. Yeah, it's not something you would expect in, like... You would expect them to just kind of go with, like, whatever was in the original, not, like, update it. Yeah, um... So I feel like that was a good change. Um, there are some really bad things done too, though. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, no, I'm, and one of them is that like, I know that people can crap all they want on like the '90s Square Enix translations, but it had a lot of charm, and a lot of that is missing now because they completely retranslated it. So everything kind of feels stiff. Yeah. Uh, so I think the one benefit is that you have the, the they, them pronoun change, but the rest of it's just like generic. It loses like the heart and the charm that the, the original had. It does. Um, you know, it's it's like when you get the, the Final Fantasy retranslation, like you Spoonie Bard is taken out. Like, why would you take that out? That's amazing. And I get that they're trying to like retranslate it, make it more like accurate. Uh, yeah, but a lot of times it just comes off as stale and yeah. boring. Yeah. Um, and you don't want that. I mean, one of the reasons why people like this game so much is because it had so much personality, mm-hmm. and it's kind of gone with the translation. One of the worst issues <laughs> that this game had is the fact that it crashed. All the time. Yeah, like that was something I warned you about because I saw like in the IGN review, the reviewer was like, hey, by the way, this game kind of crashed on me a couple of times. That's not good. Here's a heads up for that. Yeah, and it it was not a couple times. Yeah, you got way more. I mean, I think within like a few hour period, um, Playing it on, I think that Friday, mm-hmm. I had four different crashes. And they like they just they kept uh, they kept continuing throughout like the, your entire playthrough of that. Yeah, I mean, I think if you counted them up, it'd be at least ten, at least ten crashes. Which is not good. That's not something you want out of a game that's a a remake of a beloved classic, and right? b that many crashes of something that's just coming out like. 
you would think that someone would have like saw that at some point and be like, hey, this isn't good. We need to do something about this, which I think eventually they allegedly they did patch something to try and alleviate that. I mean, you haven't went back and tried it. So like we can't confirm or deny that actually fixed it. But this really seems like something that Square looked at and was like, yeah, we don't care. We're we're going to hit this release date no matter what. Yeah, and I mean, I, I put one patch on and it did nothing. Yeah. And um, we were just talking about how you didn't understand why Yakuza was uh, delayed. And honestly, Secret of Mana should have been delayed. They mm-hmm. should not have released a game like that. That's terrible. And I would say that Square Enix knows better. <laughs> but Square Enix doesn't care about anything but money. I, I think as well, it doesn't seem like it's super surprising that like that game's kind of broken away because the the time that from announcement to release was not long. Mm-mm. I mean, that obviously that doesn't coincide with like, oh, this is how long it took to develop the game. Like, right. Clearly, that's not the case, but. That could be a a potential factor of it, and also just because like they announced that thing, and then it kind of just dropped. Yeah. Like they didn't put a lot of like you know marketing behind it or anything. It was like, hey, we're redoing Secret of Mana. It, it, there you go. <laughs> and then you didn't hear anything about it until literally it came out, and everyone was like, oh right, this thing's coming out. Yeah. Usually that's the um, big indicator of like, oh, something might be wrong here. Yeah, and I mean, like, I had fun playing it, but I think I had fun playing it because I liked the original. Yeah. Because I had issues with the AI that I never had issues with in the Super Nintendo version, and that is problematic that the AI on the Super Nintendo version is better than the version that I played on the PS4. Yeah, that was something I I saw going around was that for some people there were issues with, like, the AI in the original version. Mm-hmm. And clearly they didn't address that or even think about fixing those like problems that the original game had, which is something if you were like, hey, we're going to remake this and you're going to the effort of like retranslating it and doing mm-hmm. that that much work, you would think they would also go, you know, design wise or at least like gameplay wise and be like, OK, so the original game had this issue, this issue, this issue. What can we do to address that or alleviate that or try and fix it in some sort of way? And obviously, from what you're saying and from what other people have said online, like, they did not even attempt that. I mean, honestly, and it may just be because I haven't played it in a while, it felt worse to me. Yeah. Um, Because I would have issues of just a character refusing to attack at all. And I'm like, um... I'm attacking this person, and I have, like, the, the setting that says that you attack who I attack. Why are you doing nothing? That's yeah. not good. Nor no. fun. No, it's not. It's really, really frustrating. And um, I'm sure that some other reviews have mentioned this. I don't know why they didn't touch the ring system. They left the ring system in completely intact. So in order to, like, cast a spell, you have to... Press the triangle um, on the PS4, and it's unclear at that point whose ring you're in. So you kind of have to cycle through it to see like whose weapon you're on. That way you can see like, oh, okay, I'm in Prem's ring. I need to be in Popoy's ring. So then you have to press up on the D-pad, or no, you have to press triangle again. 
to get into Popoy's ring. Okay, you're in the ring. Then you have to press up on the D-pad in order to get to the spell you want. Okay, go in the cycle. Find the, the summon you want. Click on the summon, then find the spell. That is how you have to like do every magic every single time. And they only gave you like two shortcuts. So you have like R1 and L1 as your shortcut magics. But you have like six summons amongst two characters. That's the type of I thing don't... you would you would think that, hey, we're remaking this game. Why don't we, you know, we'll include this the original way they did this, but also we'll we'll make a modern way or a modern UI to alleviate those issues that the old system had. Yeah, or at least like make it clear like you are in this character's ring. Yeah. Okay, cool. That would be nice. Um like you shouldn't have to cycle through which weapon they're on in order to figure out whose ring you're in. And it's just kind of like quality of life issues of the game. Mm -hmm. Like it worked fine on the Super Nintendo because that was 1993. But it's 2018, and you're releasing a game like that, like... A lot, has, a lot has changed in 25 years. Yeah, and I'm sure that people would have given them a lot of shit if they had left it, or if they had changed it. But, I mean, they did give the option of, like, original music or remixed music. Yeah. So I don't see why they wouldn't be able to do, like, this kind of change. I mean, given that, like, a common complaint about the thing is, hey... They didn't do enough changes to fix problems that the original game has had. Yeah. I feel like people would have been okay with them, like, changing things like that. It should have been changed. Yeah. And instead, we get stuff like they have a new outfit that you can put Prim in where she's in, like, a leopard bikini. Because, of course, it's that's what they would do. Right. And it's so irritating because... Like, that's what you put your time into is putting her in a leopard bikini that's, like, grossly sexualized when she's, like, 15. I think she's, wait, she's either between 15, Randy's 15, she's 17, I think. But either way, like, she's a kid. Yeah. Does she really need to be in a tiger bikini or a leopard bikini or whatever bikini it is? And, like, that was one of the things that they were promoting as a pre-order bonus. Did they call Atlas and, like, hey, how do we, uh sexualized our women characters in a, in yeah, a way. How do, we, how do we be gross as much as possible? What do you mean, like... Square has had problems with that, but not usually to this extent. That's one thing that I will actually give Square a lot of credit for, is that they've had a lot of, like, respect in terms of character design for women, or at least they used to in Final Fantasies and stuff. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, then you got, like, Sydney and or Sin, Cindy or whatever she was from 15 and then you get like Tiger Bikini Prim like why are we doing this and like the thing that's so irritating to me about that is that you also have like tiger outfits or a leopard I don't remember what they are it's one of those big cats <laughs> um, they have the outfits also for Randy and Popoy but they're like you know those um, Japanese pajama suits Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like the full body. Like, that's what they got. Because, of course, and that's what they would get. Right, and it's cute. And then, like, you put it on prim, you're like, oh, it's a bikini with a tail. Yay. <laughs> so that was completely and utterly unnecessary. And uh, 
another complaint because this is just my complaint podcast <laughs> at this point. Um, and this is going to be rare for me, like really, really rare. So I hope you guys are ready. I mentioned that one of the voice actresses was great, but a lot of the voice acting and the dub is really bad. That is also a complaint I heard that it's not great. It's, and I mean, usually when it comes to dubs, like I will defend because they're usually not as bad as people think. The, du- the dub defender has logged on. Yeah, it's true. Like I will, like Xenoblade uh, Chronicles Two usually gets a lot of for its dub, and I will defend that dub. I think it's a really good dub, but this one is not that good. Like, there's a lot of delivery issues. Like, it, it doesn't seem like the, like, voice director was giving them a lot of, like, information of what the character should be feeling or what they should be saying or, like, what kind of information should be conveyed via voice. And considering we were talking about, you know, this game probably should have been delayed and how much time or how, the lack of time between announcement and release and all that jazz, like, who knows how long they had to really do this dub. Yeah. And that can obviously be an impact on whether the quality is good or bad. Well, and I know that this is a strange thing to bring up, but this is a thing that Square Enix has done before. Mm -hmm. Because um, if you listen to the Kingdom Hearts 2 dub, and if you listen to the Advent Children dub, uh, Mina Savari plays Aerith, Aeris, whatever you want to call her. And she sounds awful, like absolutely awful. And people were asking Mina Savari about it later. And she's like, I had no direction. I had no context as to what was going on. I had no clue other than here's a script, read it. Yeah. And like, that's a really famous example is that this beloved character like Eris is one of the biggest characters in the entire Final Fantasy series and they gave zero shits about how she should actually sound and it's not like it's a character that like they are just introducing or there's not a lot of like backstory or knowledge about this is a prominent character that's been in Square's weird extended Final Fantasy universe for years and years by that point like obviously she was in 7 and then in the original Kingdom Hearts and probably 30 other spinoff games from that like how is it that hard to like not or to just even give direction like how do you get to the point where you're not giving direction on like a well-established character I it's bizarre but like that is a well-documented situation where Square Enix like dropped the ball on giving some kind of directing. And I mean, that's the thing is that voice actors kind of have to be told, like, this is what kind of emotion you should be feeling here. This is the context of the scene. Then you can act it out because you know what's happening. But if you're just given a script, you don't know. And so everything sounds really like jolted and weird. And a lot of times like it's completely inappropriate for the moment. And Mm -hmm. uh, you just sound stiff. Because Directors you don't are know very, who, very needed in that sort of thing. They are. And, I mean, like I said, most of the time I will defend to the life of me English dubs because they are unfairly treated. But this was a case where it felt rushed and that they didn't have, 
like any kind of information as to what was going on. So I don't exactly know how the voice actress for Popoy pulled it off, especially since this is her first credit. Maybe because the fact that like Sprite, Sprite's entire character for the most part is just like being a trickster. Yeah. So if you just kind of go with that throughout the entire story, you can get away it'll, with it. It'll it'll fit. Yeah. Because that's their character. The entire game is just kind of like pulling pranks, being like ridiculous, making fun of people. Like that's who they are. And, but I mean, when you're having a scene where Prim is like devastated over something happening with her boyfriend and it's just like, oh no, dialogue, what's happening with you? You're like, Prim, what's happening with you? <laughs> Yeah, like you don't you don't feel it. And when the game is entirely voice acted, like every single line is voice acted and you have and that may be also an issue is that there was just too many damn lines. Yeah, cuz like usually I know more modern RPGs are getting where it's like, you know, a good majority of the lines are voice acted. Like look at Persona. Like yeah. the last Persona game, a lot of the lines are voice acted, but obviously they still have a good chunk of lines that aren't. Yeah. And, I mean, the quality of that dub is, like, insanely better. Like, there's still some issues with that dub, but that one is insanely better than what we got here. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when you have a... I don't remember how many hours put into it. I think it's probably around 20. But when you have a 20-hour game or something like that, and you're having every single line voiced... I mean, you need some kind of information on that character in the context of that character, what's happening with them in order for it to sound decently good. And that's a lot of lines. It is a lot of lines. And like voices get tired. Um, They can you can lose your voice. You can get worn out if it's like a like yelling scene. Mm hmm. Like, if you're having to continuously do this, it weighs on you, so... And this is the type of things that they just literally had to fight for. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess the long and short of it is that it felt like Square Enix didn't give any shits about this remake at all. Yeah. For them, it was like a quick cash grab. They're like, hey, people like Secret of Mana, here's Secret of Mana. And... It's like, it looks nice. And I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I mean, it, it seems like the most square thing for them to be like, hey, we're doing this uh, Seikon Densetsu collection for the Switch. And everyone's like, yo, you should, you guys should bring that over. And they they look, they hear that and like, oh, you want us to remake Secret of Mana? Okay, we yeah. got it. We got you. And then you get this. Yeah, it, it just... There was so much love and charm in the original one, and I feel like if I were to go back and like look at the PS4 version or look at playing it on the Super Nintendo, I would play it on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. And that's not great. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's the thing is that remakes are supposed to make these games better and improve them, and I well, mean, so like, you hope. We just got off the Radiant Historia podcast like a few weeks yeah. ago, and like. I felt like they just did leaps and bounds better on that than the original game. And I still love the original game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an instance of like voice acting done right and like upgrades done right, quality of life done right. 
obviously there's not like a 25 year gap between those two, but I feel like if Square had actually like cared about this game, they would have put more effort into it. A remake should make you feel the same way, or at least attempt to. I mean, obviously some games age differently than others. Yeah. But it should make you feel the same way that you felt when you first initially played it, but also give you modernizations that make it seem relevant in the time period that you're playing it in compared to the time period you you first played it in. Yeah. And this does none of that. I mean, the one place where it gave us like a positive quality of life change was the fact that it autosaves now. Yeah. But I feel like that was because autosave saved my butt a lot when it crashed. <laughs> yeah. So you shouldn't be happy that like you have an improvement and because of something that you broke in the first place. Right. <laughs> but that was the one big thing. I was like, oh, autosave, that's a good good thing. But I don't know. It just it felt it wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Um, if you want to play Secret of Mana again, just play it on the Super Nintendo. And there's a lot of different ways to play that game, like the Super Nintendo yeah. version. Like, obviously, it was just out on the on the Super Nintendo Classic. I'm mm-hmm. sure it's probably out on Virtual Console for something, or just you know play the Super Nintendo. Or there's emulation. You can't say that. There's multiple ways to play this game. I'll just say that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, there. And, like, I didn't play the iOS version, but it exists. Mileage but may it, vary with the with those square ports. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy VI port exists. But, I don't know, it just, I felt like I have more love for this game than Square does. That, that, that does not seem like a shocker in any sort of way. No, I mean, that's... The, in general. Yeah, that's me with, like, most of the... Square Enix or Square Soft games like I'm still waiting for them to actually like give a crap about Final Fantasy 9 even though they gave us that iOS remake they you know we have like two characters for Final Fantasy 9 and Dissidia like oh right that game exists (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Square Enix Square gonna square it's true. I mean, that's that's the moral of this story. <laughs> is that Square Enix is like my abusive boyfriend. <laughs> that's a really terrible comparison, but like, I keep buying into their and then like getting burned on it. I mean, you're not wrong. No, I'm not, and it's upsetting because, like, Square was one of my favorite developers, publishers, for, like, the longest time. Like, I was a giant, giant Square fangirl. But also, like, you have to consider the Square from your childhood is not the Square of today. It's dead. Yeah. I mean, the Square that I loved is dead. And it's never coming back. No, it's not. The Square of my childhood essentially died when Sakaguchi left. Yeah. All hail the Sakaguchi and the mustache. <laughs> so, um, this has turned into an extended rant on Square Enix and my feelings on it. But uh, again, if you listen to any of our podcasts, you would know that these are my feelings. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not bad, but it's not great. 
Could have been better. Could have been a lot better. It could have been a lot better. There could have been so many improvements made that I would have been like, yes, this is awesome. And when I'm thinking of those and I'm not even like involved in Square or game development or whatever, like that's a problem. And at least like the takeaway from this can be, hey, that original version's still good. And if you wanna if you wanna play this game and have an experience to like that is still out there. You don't have yeah. to suffer through this remake unless you've played it before and you're like, I wanna play this remake. Yeah, I mean like maybe look up on YouTube some of the like skits so you can see like the new characterization and like the aesthetics of the remake. Right. But I can't definitely don't pay full price for it. Because it was like it's like what forty? Uh, I think it's fifty. Thanks forty nine ninety nine. Which either way, that is way too much money. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't pay the full price, but um, even then, don't pay full price for this. Like, maybe if it's like fifteen twenty, and you really really want to give it a shot, maybe. But, um, again, I'm just going to recommend the original. It's the best way to go. It is. And the original's not going to crash on you every time you're in the middle of a boss fight. True. Mm. That's already a big positive. Yeah, no kidding. There is still multiplayer, though. Yeah. So. Well, alrighty. I mean, that's a good way to end this podcast is just fart noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start off strong, and then you're like, oh, man, square. <laughs> I mean, I had to get the positives out of the way before I got to the negatives. And That's there true. Are positives, but, like, do better, square. That's not going to happen. I know. Should know that by now. I know. Ultimate tragedy. <laughs> well... That's going to do it for this episode. If you want more from us, you should head over to SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com or SAC.cool for past episodes of this podcast where we probably dunk on Square at a multitude of times throughout this entire run. <laughs> and you can also find other podcasts like Jared and Now Watch Sailor Moon Crystal and the regular Seasonal Anime Checkup podcast and also columns and reviews on the site as well. You can find more from Ann Ladium at AnnLadium.com where she has cool columns and reviews of her own. I was going to write a piece on this, but I decided that podcast was better delivery. There you go. You can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime checkup. It's where Twitter happens. And you can support our podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash SACOVA, where you can be like, hey, here's a dollar. And you get cool things like us cursing. It's always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. And other stuff as well. So check it out. One dollar goes a long way in terms of support. So there you go. Next week we are still in limbo. So we'll figure something out by the time you hear us again in a week week's time. On our special St. Patrick's Day episode. Oh my god. Do we get to celebrate the fact that I'm like 50% Irish? Yeah, if we remember. <laughs> We're not going to. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have something. I don't know. We don't have anything set in stone, obviously, like this week. But we'll figure something out and reconvene and do something fun for you guys, like we always do. 
Yay!